Welcome to the Chase MedSearch Podcast, your place for discussions around hiring and recruiting for commercial positions in the world of medical device technology. From sales to clinical specialists and everything in between, we talk about how to get in, stay in, and improve in this niche of the industry we all love so much. Our show covers technological advancements, leadership discussions, and features interviews with current medical device representatives who share success stories that are as unique as their backgrounds. I'm your host, Jordan Chase, taking you on a guided tour of my last 20 years working in the med tech sector. Let's start the show. Welcome back to the Chase Med Search Podcast. It's been a few weeks and I'm excited to welcome my next guest today, Dan Donaldson, who is an inspiration to me and I'm sure will be an inspiration to our audience. After a devastating injury in July of 2010, left Dan a paraplegic, it never stopped him from reaching his goals and his independence. And he has taken that personal life experience and devastating injury, and it made it serve him well in a professional capacity. He is not a guy that gives up. Quite an accomplished individual. Dan, very athletic, competitive by nature, worked as a professional baseball player in the Cincinnati Reds minor league farm system, and then even made it all the way up to AAA. He's got 10 years of sales experience, almost all of it's medical. He has met every quota that he ever saw and, in fact, killed those quotas. A strong teamwork orientation. He's a proud Houstonian, if I'm saying that right, and does sales at the C-suite level and beyond. I'm excited to welcome him today. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jordan. Great to be here. I'm super excited to uh, talk to you and visit with you about my sales experience. And hopefully some people can uh, learn about me and how I've done it and maybe take a few tidbits and a few inspirations and uh, apply it to their sales career and, and maybe their lifestyle. So That's great. Yeah. Well, I start off most podcast interviews with a quest, simple question. How did you get in to medical device sales or medical sales, healthcare sales? Because it's the number one question I get from almost everybody. So Jordan, the way I got in was was just the diligence and the hard work and determination that I kind of took to my sports career and my my education is that I got an interview, wasn't sure if I was going to get the job and didn't get any calls back. So what I did was is called the owner, the, the person who had interviewed me of this regional orthopedic distributorship down here in, in Houston that operated in Texas, Oklahoma, in Louisiana, I believe at the time, maybe around to the Gulf Coast of Florida eventually. But what I did was I called this guy every week multiple times a week and left him a voicemail saying how bad I wanted the job. And then after about six to eight weeks of leaving this, leaving this guy's voicemails, he finally called me back and said, okay, I'm tired of getting these voicemails. You can come in and be our rep, <laughs> our main rep, and we can have a discussion. Ended up mm-hmm. working out that the rep liked my determination, liked that I had a good sports competitive background, liked that I had gone to a good school and learned about leadership, is what, was what I studied in, in college. Mm-hmm. So I kind of learned how to be a teamwork leader person in, in all my life, in all my career. Um, but I ended up getting the job, and that's kind of how I got in. And I, and I loved medicine, and I've loved it ever since. I, I don't see myself stepping away from the medical field anytime soon, though. Yeah, that's great. I, what I hear, uh, one of the main components I hear of how you got in was just persistence and not going away. Six to eight weeks of leaving someone a voicemail. Is that what I heard? Yeah, and it was it was a casual voicemail. I just say, "Hey, mm-hmm. how you doing?" You know, just calling to check in. I know we had a 
an interview very recently, and I just wanted to check in and see if there's any chance for me to follow up and see if I can get a next step in the interview. And I, you know, I changed it up every time I did it, but I try and make it a little funny sometimes. Try and separate myself from whoever else had interviewed. And I am absolutely certain that there was people who interviewed with for this opportunity that had sales experience, maybe medical sales experience. I think it was just the determination to show him that I wanted the job because it's kind of like when you go into a big account or a big whale of an opportunity when you're in your sales career and you go in there and you you start talking to the doctor or the physician's assistant or the nurse or the gatekeeper, whoever might be in that office or hospital for the first time, they kind of have their guard up because they know what they have and they know it's a good opportunity business-wise for these reps coming in and for all these different you know industries that we sell in. So you just got to be persistent. You got to kind of got to find a way to separate yourself from not only your competitors, but maybe sometimes the person you're interviewing with in a, in a very respectful but genuine way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does make sense. Absolutely. And I think that's something that a certain segment of our audience needs to hear because folks that listen in, our early career want to break through. It's, it's more challenging to get in than it ever has been with certain factors going on in the environment uh, of medical sales that we all are, are living through right now. And so persistence, six to eight weeks, leaving voicemails, casual voicemail, but being intentional and following up. I think that's a that's a win if somebody's hearing that and getting discouraged because they're not getting callbacks. Uh, they got to keep making the call and opportunity and time will align. Uh, Dan, you're a paraplegic. And if you can, tell us about how that works itself out in daily life for you as an outside sales professional. Sure. So, you know, uh, paraplegic, I ended up breaking my uh, T10 vertebrae and I'm incomplete spinal cord injury. So I still have some feeling and still have some, I don't have movement, but I still have some sensation. But, you know, when something like that happens, you got to figure out how you're just going to live again and then how you're going to get the help to live again. Because it's complete 180 of lifestyle. I was a professional athlete, you know, big boss athlete, love playing sports, love working out, love to be in great shape, prided myself on those things. And then all of a sudden I can't do it. And I got to figure out not only how am I going to live, but how I'm going to be happy again. But in respect to the sales aspect, I had to figure out how I was going to get around, how I was going to get in these offices, how I was going to make an impact, how I was going to separate myself, how I was going to provide value to these offices and these clinics and these hospitals, how I was going to show these doctors that I could really do my job and not just come in there and just, oh, this guy may not be around long. I'm not sure if he has what it takes to stay around. You know, that's a very honest concern. You know, Uh, I had those concerns myself, but I had to put them in the rear view and just crank as hard as I could forward and figure out how I was going to make it work. I knew I wanted to do sales. A lot of people told me I probably shouldn't pursue sales after my injury, but I knew I wanted to do it. And I knew I wanted to do medical sales in particular. And I love the industry. I love all the people I could meet. I love all the different ways I could help. But I also love the fact that people were inspiring me out there. You know, I go into some places, MD Anderson and I sell, or I go down to Tier and I try and sell in Houston, which is where I was a patient as a rehab in the rehab hospital. And, and, and it humbles me. I'm so grateful to be in the industry. And then not only that, I'm just happy that I can go around and be successful at it. But I just had to figure out ways to do it, number one. But then also I had to figure out how I was going to impact and, and be successful at the job. Absolutely. When you first got the injury, I mean, there's a mountain to climb mentally, I, I have to imagine. I mean, you're waking up, the doctor's breaking the news to you. And, and what's going through your head? And how did you find a way back to doing sales again, which obviously you love doing and are quite good at? Sure. I'm so glad you asked. I can remember being in the hospital in the ICU down at Memorial Hermann. I was life flighted and my f- they life flighted you. Oh okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. They life flighted me. And my family was there. My dad was there. My sister flew in from school in California. My brother came in from California. 
And I can remember how heartbroken they were when they could see me there. It was just a scary time. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it through the week or the weekend. But I can remember praying and going, you know, Lord, if you can get me through this just alive, I'm going to figure out a way to make this work. And I did. And it was really cool to, to think back now at that time and go, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this at all. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud that I got through it for a couple of reasons because one way that I got through it was my sports aspect. You know, sports mm-hmm. taught me a lot of things about, about life. It taught me how to never quit. I worked extremely hard in my baseball career to get to where I wanted to be. And it just mm-hmm. requires hard work, dedication. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to, you have to work really hard at what you want. And regardless of what other people say or think about you or grade you or critique you or say you're, you're good at this, you're not good at that. You just have to really focus on you and figure out what you're good at and really push forward to go through to what you want to get to your goals, essentially. But uh, in, in respect to the physicality of, of paralysis, yeah, I had to figure out how I was going to get dressed again or how I was going to bathe again or how I was going to drive again. All those things in the daily aspect. Mentally, you just have to sit there and say, okay, I did a little bit today. I got better at this today. How am I going to get better tomorrow? It was really a challenge of a daily struggle for me where these little victories I had daily were very small. But in my mind, there were mountains I was climbing every day. You know, How am I going to get my socks on today? You know, right. how am I going to get in my car and how am I going to get into this hospital where I have no clue where I'm going, roll around in a wheelchair with a backpack full of marketing materials and then roll up to the front desk and the, and the lady or this man sitting there automatically thinks I'm a patient. And I say, no, here's my business card. And like, wow, this guy's selling right. something, you know, it's, it takes him back a little bit, but it gives me an opportunity to go, OK, let's go. Let's get this. So I don't know. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication, but I think a lot of people could do it. And I say this to a lot of people. I'll sum it up by saying this. Everyone says, how do you do it? And I say, the ultimate, the bottom line is, is that when you're forced to do something that you absolutely have no choice of wanting to do it or not, you just know you have to do it, you just tend to get things done. And that was survival for me. And I think a lot of people in my situation, if when, you, when you're paralyzed or if you have a stroke or you go through a physical or mental disability, you have to figure out what works for you, number one. And then you have to figure out how you're going to make it from day one to day 50 to day 100 to day 150 and so on and so on. You kind of have to challenge yourself on a daily basis. So it's been a very hard, long road, but I've learned a lot and it's, it's been very rewarding. So, Dan, you know, you took a little bit of a, a break after the injury and then you got with standing wheelchair services. What was that first interview like going in? Did they know that you were a paraplegic or did, did they just like your resume and you showed up and surprised them? It's, it's funny you say that, you know, when I interview with people, the first step is usually write a phone interview, right? So mm-hmm. I try and just let it come out naturally. You know, I'm not going to, first thing I'm going to say is, well, hi, my name is Dan Donaldson. I'm applying for this job and I'm in a wheelchair. I don't want to be given something. I don't want to be, I don't want a person to someone to expect something or to not expect something. You know what I mean? That's, I don't right. think that's fair to me or to them. So I, I just let it come out naturally. And so, but this guy happened to know who I was. I was a user of his chair, but I'm sure he was very, he, he just let me be 1099. He wasn't going to let me be salary. I had to earn everything I got with the opportunities with them. Mm-hmm. but he knew who I was. And I think he was very skeptical. He was letting me do some trade shows, but he was like, whatever this guy does is just going to be a bonus for us because he's 1099. Yeah. So I really learned how to sell and it taught myself the dedication and the discipline to go out there and figure out how I was going to go out and do it myself physically and mentally. And then also how I was going to be successful in the actual sales role of actually selling the products, you know, and presenting to doctors and physicians and therapists and things like that. But they, he knew, but then other jobs, like when I, when I took a role at Staples and outside business, the business role, um, they didn't know. She said she didn't know until I rolled up to the interview in person and she was blown <laughs> away. Wow. 
So it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat to get that response. Yeah. And where Staples, where you uh, became part of the Rising Stars program, a leadership council and management training program, MVP for the Texas Oklahoma region, MVP of high rollers. I mean, look, audience, if you're listening, Dan can sell. He can flat out sell, you know, both in medical and uh, obviously in business to business. You're doing that. And then you got the bug, I think, to go back into medical or healthcare sales. Talk to us about that. Yeah. The, and my story is unique. You know, everyone has reasons why I leave one job for the next. And this one was very honest. Uh, when I left Staples, it was a great job. You know, it taught me so much about selling. It's such a hard thing to sell something when you're, ca- I, I remember calling, we'd have, we'd have these days where we'd call 80 to a hundred people a day and set up meetings for the entire week or two ahead, you know, and you're calling 80 people to get seven or eight meetings. You're getting no after no after no. And it's just call after call after call. And then you go out and you sell in person, you know, you do some price analysis, you do some things like that. But to get back into medical, um, I got recruited away by a pharmaceutical company. I knew I wanted to get back into medical and it was a great job. It was a great opportunity with Novum Pharma. Um, We sold topicals to dermatologists and then anti-hemorrhoidal cream um, to gastroenterologists and colorectal surgeons. so yeah, I got recruited away from them and they didn't know I was in a wheelchair until I rolled up in it at the airport in Houston with this mass interview. You know how they do these big interview sessions where they bring <laughs> off a bunch of people at once and then they do like these round round robin yeah. interviews. So mm-hmm. I was obviously was probably the only one in a wheelchair. Ended up making some friends that ended up getting the jobs around the country. Um, but yeah, they didn't know it. And they actually expanded the role in Houston to give me the opportunity to split Houston with a, a senior sales rep who had been with Pharma for 10 years. They were so impressed that with me at the time that they gave me the other side of Houston. But the the bottom line and the moral of the story is, is use what you have to your advantage. If you have great knowledge of the space, if you have great experience, if you have great numbers, if you have great leadership management skills, um, if you're an introvert, if you're you're an extrovert, use those things that you know you're good at to your advantage when you go interview, when you go into these offices, separate yourself. When you bring your lunches, when you bring your snacks in there, when you're doing your educational meals, do something that's going to people remind, remember you by. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that re- that's really uh, impactful as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Dan, to dial it back just a little bit, daily life for you. You know, I think I, I don't function well without coffee. And, you know, I've got all these complaints when I get up in the morning, you know, and talking to somebody like you that inspires me. I'm like, wow, I don't I don't really have anything to complain about. But how is it getting up every morning? How long does it take you to get ready and, and get rolling? I like this question. This is cool. Some days I wake up and I go. Oh my gosh, I got to go to work just like anybody else, right? You know, I'm just like anybody else. I'm not, people see me sometimes and they see me out out in the field and like, man, you're always smiling. You're always happy. You're always having fun. But you know, hey, when you're at your job and you're in front of your customers and you're in front of other people where you're trying to do your job, you got to be as positive and you got to try and be at work as hard as you can at it as possible, regardless of how your day is going. So there's many days that I got out of bed and just dreaded working to get dressed or dreaded, mm-hmm. you know, fighting to get in and out of the car 10 times a day just to make five calls. So just to remember, it's out of my wheelchair into my driver's seat, one transfer back out of my driver's seat, into my wheelchair, back out of the car for stop number one. So I'm moving in and out twice for one stop. Multiply that by 12, I'm getting in and out of the car 25 times a day, in and out of a chair 25 times a day. Mm. So yeah, it gets challenging, but you know, I wouldn't have it any other way because I, I love this job for a couple of reasons. I love going out and interacting with people and, and I, love, I love medicine and I love medical sales. But from a day-to-day aspect, getting dressed, uh, I get dressed, you know, it takes me a little longer, you know, if I got a shower, 
or mm-hmm. uh, clean up. You know, that's that takes a little, it just takes a little longer and it takes a little time to learn how to do all those things. Yeah. And my dad lives with me and he helps me out. He's the best roommate I've ever had, lives in my house <laughs> and he helps me a lot. I'm very grateful for him. But from the day to day aspect, it's, it's, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like anybody else. It just takes me a minute. Yeah. But the, the thing, you know, the thing that I have to do honestly, because I can't get around as fast as someone, just as an able bodied person, just bottom line, I can't, I have to make my calls matter. I have to have a laid out plan of who I'm going to see every day. And I, I got to focus on really quality calls and quality stops. Yeah. I mean, in, in some ways, it, I bet. It's forced you to be, you were probably already very disciplined, but I imagine there's another level of discipline and thought and strategic uh, mindset that you have when you're planning out your day, your week, your month, because you, you, like you said, you don't have that ability to just spontaneously, hey, we're going to, I'm going to drive an hour and a half out of my way to hit this one account that's remote. Absolutely. Spur of the moment type thing. Totally. So I, what I try and do is I try and I try and concentrate my calls into one area of the city or the or my region. I'm not trying to do what they call star driving, where you're driving mm-hmm. from one point to the bottom, to the top, to the left, to the bottom again. You know, I'm trying to go to one focused area. And if I'm doing physician office calls, um, I'm going to try and get into a hospital where I, hopefully I can make an in and I can make five or six calls and just roll around the hospital. Or I get into a medical professional building where I can make multiple stops. What do you think the biggest adjustment has been that you had to make, Dan, post-injury to have the kind of success you've had? I'll be honest with you. To figure out how I was going to do it physically was probably number one, was probably the hardest part. Like physically, how I was going to, just like we just talked about, getting dressed, driving around, making my stops, making sure I was making enough calls, hitting enough people. Um, But then also, just like the challenges that anybody else has, I guess, out in the field. Medical sales is very challenging, very competitive. It's very competitive for a lot of reasons. A lot of people have a chance to make a lot of good money, but you're also providing great care to a lot of people. And I, I really want to stress that if you put your patients and your practices and your doctors first, everything will take care of itself. And that's how I've been successful is I've I've made an impact in these offices by saying, hey, I'm going to do this for you. And I stood by it and I did it. And then also uh, I worked hard for them. You know, I gave them kind of white glove treatment from the big accounts all the way down to the little ones. So it, it doesn't really matter to me what kind of account it is. I'm, I'm going to try and treat them the same way. But really, the physicality of it would, was probably mm-hmm. the toughest. But then going out mentally, you know, hearing no a lot. We hear no a lot in our job. So that's another part of it that's very challenging for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I'm thinking, you know, one of the things that you alluded to or touched on a little bit earlier was the reaction of accounts that don't know you, you know, because there's a, there's a significant portion of cold calling, I imagine, in your job right now. How have you learned over the years to handle that first interaction? Like you said, you roll up and they think you're a patient. Yeah, Jordan. So basically, um, when I go up to a, a new account, new clinic, new practice, new hospital, I'll drop my business card at the front and say, hey, I was wondering um, if I could uh, learn a little bit about how y'all do things here. Do y'all do lunches? Do y'all do rep appointments? Um, do you see reps at all? And then some of them are taken back when they see me in a wheelchair. And then some of them are just going about their day and wouldn't, wouldn't think anything different because they're so busy. And that's fine, too. But the funny thing is, is what I want you want to stress to some of these reps out there selling every day is that when you go up to these gatekeepers and, the, and these nice people who are running the front desks, they have hard jobs, too, and they're busy, too. Make it very impactful. Make it quick. Let them know what you're there for. Um, but give yourself a separator, like I've always said. Give yourself to separate yourself. Like 
uh, hey, how can I help you today? What's going on? What, what what are the other reps doing here that you need help with? You know, are you doing lunches? What kind of food have you not had that you really like? You know, have some have some fun with them. Make mm-hmm. them laugh. Enjoy their day because they're they're going through a lot of things. They're seeing a lot of people and they're probably pretty stressed too sometimes. Uh, but that's kind of the yeah. way I've gone about dealing with those people in the front, and it's been pretty good so far. You know, it's no secret we're living through challenging times. You know, with um, national global healthcare challenges, uh, political challenges, supply chain issues, all these things, you know, as we wrap up our call today, Dan, you know, for, for medical reps and healthcare reps, I mean, they're on the front lines, uh, themselves in many different, many, many ways. What final words would you like to close out to them? Uh, you know, those folks that are having to live through these, these challenging times from someone in your position that has overcome so much. Sure. I don't think I'm really much different than anybody else out there, except that I roll around on four wheels now. You know, some people, I'm not saying there's stigmas with people who are handicapped or disabled or or people with behavioral health issues or anything like that. But I I would like to say this is that you never know what someone's dealing with. You never know what someone's going through personally, you know, so just be kind, be nice to the people around you. And I've realized in sales and, and in businesses that if you treat people the right way, and you do things for the right reasons, try and help them to benefit them or also help yourself as well and do the, all the things for the right reasons, uh, things work out the way they should. And, and I, I just challenge all of you people out there who are struggling through this pandemic and everything else, if you're looking for a job or you know money problems, whatever the case may be, or you're trying to crack into the device industry or the medical sales industry, keep plugging away. Just so you know, I couldn't even tell you how many times I interviewed before I got that first job. It's probably in the 20s or 30s. And then now, yeah. if you're going to go out and interview, Jordan, just, so, just like you know, you're not going to interview interview two or three times and find a job. You might, but you're probably not. So just keep plugging away, keep getting after it, and don't ever give up. I learned that a long time ago with my disability. No one's going to live your life for you, but you got to go out there and give it your best every day and just never, ever, ever give up. Good words. Uh, my Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is Dan Donaldson, Regional Sales Manager for Aegis Sciences Corporation. Dan, thank you for being on. Pleasure, Jordan. Pleasure was mine. Thanks for having me. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chase Med Search Podcast. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to thank my guests for joining us. I hope you find a lot of value in the experiences that were shared today. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe at chasemedsearch.com or your favorite streaming platform so you can catch all of our future episodes. I'm also curious to hear about your thoughts on today's show, so feel free to email us at podcast at chasemedsearch.com. You can share your experiences in the med device industry or even suggest a future episode topic. Our door is open to you. Chase Med Search is providing this podcast as a public service. Reference to any product, individual, or entity does not imply an endorsement by Chase Med Search. The thoughts and opinions shared by our guests are their own and do not reflect those of Chase Med Search or any of its employees or contractors. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have a great week. Provide value for both clients and patients. Stay safe out there and join us next time on the Chase Med Search Podcast.